0: And here's the continuation of The Virtues of Virtuous Pie, Vegan Iron Chef's exclusive interview with Virtuous Pie's Jim Vessel. This two-part episode of Mystery Ingredient was recorded live outside the eatery on Southeast Division Street. Enjoy.
1: Uh, you know what, I would say sets us apart, and, and it's a really good point because I've probably right. eaten just about every, every vegan pizza in the city now at this point, um, and there's a lot of really good pizza. I, I'd say, you know, it's all a little bit different. Um, you know, we're not, I don't really think anyone's doing what we're doing, which is a little bit more of a thin crust Neapolitan style. Um, it's kind of a cross between like Neapolitan and California style. Um, and it's a really focus on like, um, you know, all, almost every topping that goes on the pizzas is has been touched by something. We've done a little bit of work to it. Um, so it's very much like, you know, kind of a artisanal style pizzas. Um, you, know, there's some, you can go and get just about any kind of, Crazy pizza in the city, and there's some really good pizzas um, that I've had in in Portland. Um, You know, different crust types, different, you know, topping types, and I think, uh, you know, what we're doing is a little bit unique. Obviously, all our pizzas are individual, so it's 10 inches. I think that's, um, you know, that's pretty unique. And, you know, we do all our our own ice cream, which I, um, which pizza and ice cream, I think they kind of just go together. So, uh, you know, those are kind of exciting things that this is a part. What's the appeal of Fast Casual? That's actually really funny because um, so Vancouver fast casual is not really a thing in Vancouver, and uh, we decided to do a fast casual model after looking at you know the different types of you know business models that were out there. And fast casual is like you know one of the fastest growing sectors in food service. So obviously like casual fine dining or fine dining or fast food they're both shrinking, but fast casual is actually growing. It's one of the fastest growing types um, like markets. And you know you're, that's that, and that's a huge range of places. That's anywhere from you know, um, the Chipotle, Panera, you know, these are some of these giants in the space, Veggie Grills, Fast Casual, and they, uh, you know, they're, that's kind of the future, Um, but in Vancouver, there's actually very little Fast Casual, there's a single Chipotle, but for the most part, Fast Casual just doesn't exist, and so it was really funny when we opened there, uh, a lot of people didn't understand how the concept worked, like, we had to really educate the guests, hey, do you got to come up, then you got to go get your food, Uh, That was like a really, that kind of blew a lot of people's minds. So it was uh, was really interesting um, to do that. But I think at the end of the day, um, you know, when you look at where the restaurant industry is going, I think you're going to see this trend towards, you know, higher quality ingredients, higher quality food, but in a quick and affordable price point. And I think that's, you know, your fast casual concept kind of lands it there. Um, You know, people want to be in and out in half an hour. Uh, they don't want to necessarily always go down for this, you know, traditional good. sit-down experience with a server, and you know, it's, um, so yeah, I think uh, you know, fast casual is a great place to be in.
0: Buy pizza and ice cream.
1: I don't think you can have a successful restaurant these days without having more than one like to stand on. Like, um, there's actually a lot of really good ice cream places, um, but you know, are they is that a 365 day a year business, right? Like, you know, what happens? Like, I know Portland had this insane winter uh, this year. And, uh, I can't imagine how many people were out there on the streets getting ice cream. So yeah, (laughs) well, I mean, I'm never surprised by the lineup outside salt and straw. So I don't think I'd ever be surprised, but, uh, definitely, you know, we, we knew we wanted to have a sweet component. Um, and, you know, we thought about doing, you know, pastries and baking, but it just didn't really feel like a good fit. And, you know, ice cream just felt like a really natural fit. Um, you know, it's a, everyone likes ice cream. It's, it's kind of like the greatest hits of food. You know, pizza and ice cream are probably like two of the most popular foods ever. So, you know, you can't really go wrong combining them. Um, and you know, we all like ice cream. So, uh, and I think with vegan ice cream as well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good vegan ice cream, but most places that you go are not vegan ice cream shops. It's like a regular ice cream shop and they'll have like the one token vegan flavor or they'll have like two vegan flavors, and you kind of stuck with, you know, a very limited selection of vegan flavors, and it's not, they're not always great. So we want to be able to offer uh, something else, which is 100% vegan ice cream selection. So
0: Where do you make your ice cream?
1: Uh, they're all, It's all made in the restaurants. Awesome. Yeah, so we make all our ice cream on site in the restaurants, um, both here and in Vancouver.
0: I've tried the green tea matcha, and that was one of the most intense things I've had in a while.
1: Yeah, it's we use a, a really cool. Uh, <laughs> I tried it
0: <that> last week.
1: <laughs> we use a really cool Japanese matcha. Um, it's from actually a local company, so I don't know how Japanese it is, but that's what they tell us. Um, but it's it's this it's this really crazy like almost like radioactive green, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's a great product, so um, that's it's definitely a popular flavor.
0: And to my understanding, you also take day old pastries and switch them into an ice cream base. Tell us.
1: Yeah, so we work with uh, Shoefly. It's a vegan bakery in town. They're great. Um, Shannon, who's the owner, she's super sweet. Like she, she was one of the first people that we reached out to when we were coming to Portland. When we were looking at, um, obviously, we, we're we're doing a we have a great coffee program with Heart Coffee Roasters. So we do um, we you know do their beans and we make all our nut milks. And we knew we wanted to do a great pastry program. Um, being fully transparent, I'm a terrible baker. So my pastry, my pastry skills are not where they they need to be, I guess. And so, um, plus also, you know, cooking, having a whole pastry program, it's a pretty big commitment for a restaurant that isn't a cafe. Uh, you know, if we were just a cafe or a coffee house, that's one thing, but being a a nighttime kind of focused restaurant, definitely, you know, bringing in a, a baker and all that stuff and developing that whole pastry program, um, wasn't really in the cards. So we, uh, so we work with Fly, So they provide us with a bunch of great pastries. But um, after about a day and a half, they're not great. And so what we do is we actually save all the pastries. So we got things like cinnamon buns, like hand pies. We have uh, chocolate chip cookies. We have zucchini and banana bread. So we keep all these pastries and we kind of build them up. And then after we get a certain amount, we'll uh, basically break them down into little bits, and we'll blend them into our vanilla ice cream base. And so that was kind of like the pastry party. So we it felt like a huge shame to just throw them out. So yeah, we made it. Thought of that. That was me actually. Yeah, I was like, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to throw out all these these great pastries. And so um, yeah, so we take the pastries and um, you know blend them in with the the base. And um, yeah, it's kind of a fun little. You never really know what you're gonna get because uh, the pastries actually rotate. Quite often, so sometimes we'll have blueberries, sometimes we'll have marionberries, sometimes we'll have strawberry, and so the pastry party kind of changes as the pastries change. So it's kind of a fun flavor, and uh, you know, people always ask me what's in it, and it's like, gosh, the answer is really like I don't really know. So you know, it's vanilla ice cream with a bunch of other fun things. So,
0: well, coffee, pastries, sign outside saying this is your debut weekend brunch. Uh, yeah. What's up with that? How did brunch happen with Virtuous Pie, and what's happening here in Portland with it?
1: Yeah. So when we, yeah. So, so when we actually signed the space here, one of the conditions of the space was that we did a coffee program and we always wanted to do a coffee program. So it wasn't like a huge commitment, but obviously if you're going to be open early, you got to do brunch. Um, now Vancouver is a much smaller restaurant and we never had brunch there, but, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, we were going to be doing, um, brunch in Portland, it seemed like a great market to test out some of the ideas so we actually launched our, our, like a test. It was it's five, it's supposed to be five weeks just as a test to like test out menu items, see how people get people's feedback and then take that feedback. And then obviously take it to Portland and launch our brunch program there. And, uh, the, the, um, the, the response from the community in Vancouver was so crazy that we ended up keeping brunch permanently. So now brunch we do every week in, in Vancouver. And so, um, you know, it's been a really fun and interesting program to build because we have a very limited set of equipment. We don't have deep fryers or, you know, burners. We literally have our pizza oven, and we have uh, we basically have just two ovens. That's basically ninety percent of the cooking happens on two ovens. So we had to develop kind of like we wanted to do like a fun program that wasn't just pizzas because um, obviously we, we do pizzas, but just a few other items as well. Um, so you know, I think uh, it's a pretty good mix of items. You know, we got two pizzas. We got some breakfast tacos. Uh, the breakfast sandwich I think is the best is like so good, um, and then you know tater tots is one of those things where people just have this weird affinity towards them. So people always just go crazy for the tater tots. Like I, I, I like I didn't get much tater tots when I was a kid, but uh, it must there's a lot of nostalgia there. And uh, you know putting them on a pizza seemed like a no brainer. So they're uh,
0: cute and crispy. Right? You can't go
1: wrong, right? So. so
0: I haven't seen your brunch menu, but why don't you just tell us? What's
1: the ultimate brunch pizza? So, so we have one pizza called, it's called Eat Your Taters, and it's actually a reference to a Napoleon Dynamite, um, if you've ever seen it. So a lot of our pizza names are a little bit silly, some of them are you know kind of really obscure movie references, some of them are a bit more literal, but um, the pizza's called Eat Your Taters, and it's basically a breakfast burrito deconstructed on a pizza, so it's got tomato sauce it's got black beans it's got sausage breakfast yeah. sausage it's got tater did i say tater tots it's got tater, more tater tots it uh, it's got a tofu scramble that we make in house um, it's also got um we finish it with like a chipotle aioli and like and like a green onion so it's a really good like it kind of reminds me of every like dirty breakfast burrito i've ever had all wrapped in a pizza form so it's a really good kind of hangover cure and it's quite it's quite filling because it's uh there's a lot of toppings on it um, and for me, it was kind of, how do we, how do we, how do we take a traditional like American breakfast and put it on a pizza? And so that was kind of, you know, where that pizza came from. It's like all the elements you'd get in a traditional, you know, you got your potatoes, you got your eggs, you got your, you know, your, your sausage, you got your, um, you know, you got your hot sauce and all that kind of stuff. So that was really the, the, the idea with that was how do we, how do we kind of create that, that lagers breakfast, but on a pizza?
0: We've kind of discussed the difference between Portland and Vancouver. Um, fast casual versus we don't know what to do here please (laughs) tell us what we're doing Um, so are there any other differences you've noticed since coming down to Portland
1: it's much hotter (laughs) that's definitely
0: uh, (laughs) this is not
1: normal (laughs) FYI do (laughs) we drink more or less beer here I actually would say it's probably a little bit less uh, maybe more I don't know it's hard to tell I think with Portland and again I gotta be careful because I don't want to get myself in trouble here but so I think with Portland um you know we we're a bit of an outsider like a lot of people don't know about us um a lot of people are still trying to figure out who we are or you know they might think we're some big like you know corporate entity from Vancouver if we're not we're literally our team is literally three people there's no like there's no one else it's like me my partner and and some and some of my investors Uh, with Vancouver there's a lot of like hype and they're like oh my god this vegan pizza place and there's a lot of excitement Portland seems a little bit way more relaxed. Now I don't know if it's because uh, um, I, I don't know what the reason is, but uh, it just seems a little bit more relaxed. Like people are still discovering and still learning about us um, a lot. Like a lot of people still don't know that we're here. Still don't know that you know we've opened. Um, and you know people in Portland are fiercely loyal to the places that they already do go, which I think is awesome. Like I you know I'm part of a lot of the the local. Uh, vegan groups and stuff and you know i'm usually just a kind of casual lurker in the background but you know i read about um you know people are very big advocates for the places that they love and they're kind of um you know i think it's going to take us some work to kind of show people that um to take a chance on us other than that i mean it's been great like the culturally it's very similar to vancouver um you know they're both uh very uh liberal cities which is which is nice I think obviously it's been, it's been funny with everything that's been going on politically in, in the country to kind of hear a lot of people complain to me about wanting to move to Canada so that's always been interesting but, uh, but you know we'll, we'll take everyone so
0: for those who want to move to Canada or just visit and <laughs> yeah. um, are there any Vancouver spots you would recommend
1: yeah so uh, there's so one of the things to know about Vancouver compared to Portland is and this is actually a big thing that I've noticed as a as a diner, is when you go to Portland, just about everywhere, just about everywhere has vegan options. So it doesn't matter if you're going to, um, you know, every every sort of restaurant, food carts, all that stuff. Everywhere has vegan options. Vancouver is a lot more siloed. So you either go to a vegan restaurant or you don't, or you go to a vegetarian vegan restaurant or you don't. There's very little vegan vegetarian options outside of that. Um, and so if you're going to go to Vancouver, uh, the places I would recommend, uh, I would go to, uh, so there's a, a, a pair of restaurants called meat, uh, one in Gastown, one in, on main street. So it's called meat on main, meat on Gastown. They're kind of like the original, uh, pioneers of like the kind of good fast, I wouldn't say fast food, but like good, like unhealthy vegan food movement. Like, like they really paved the way for, um, people to come in that aren't meat eaters, or sorry, that aren't vegans, and that are meat eaters, uh, to come in and eat food that was really good. So they do a lot more burgers, bowls, um, you know, more of that kind of style of food. So they don't do pizza or anything like that. But they're they're like the restaurant, like if you had someone that was a skeptic meat eater that hated vegan food, that would be like a restaurant that I would take them. Um, Also, we have a really great uh, restaurant called um, Acorn, and and Acorn, is a, it's a vegetarian restaurant. So we don't have a ton of pure vegan restaurants, to be honest. Um, it's mainly vegetarian. There's some like pure vegan, we're, we're one of the few. Um, there's also uh, Heirloom, which is a great vegetarian restaurant as well. They got a, a ton of vegan options. Any shout outs to must-go's must or hidden gems in the Portland metro area? My number one, obviously, got to throw a shout out is Homegrown Smoker. That's like my my dirty, hidden pleasure. My, if you haven't been to Homegrown Smoker you definitely have to go to Homegrown Smoker. Um,
0: Will you be collaborating?
1: Honestly, uh, I would love to. So if you're listening, give me a call. Aviv is just across the street from us. Their pharma is amazing. So if you haven't been to Aviv, you definitely have to go. I just I was just at back Eden. So their pastries. This is the first time I had their pizzas, but their uh, their pastry program and their their is like legendary as far as I'm concerned. Like this the stuff that they're they're literally wizards. Like. The, the amount of the gluten-free, the fact that it's gluten-free and vegan, it literally blows my mind. So if you haven't, I mean, those are kind of my top, top, top of my pile. But honestly, there's so many great, Sudra's great, Harlow's great, Passade's great. There's so many awesome vegan places in, in Portland. Like, I could, I could go on and on. So, and there's, a you know, there's a lot of good omni places with vegan options. Um, if you're, if you're into that as well, so. Uh,
0: what do you think is in the future or in store for the future for vegan food?
1: I think, I think with vegan food in general, I think what you're going to see is obviously, you know, we talked about plant-based earlier. I think you're going to see a lot more plant-based, um, popping up. Like, I think that's going to be kind of the the new kind of buzzword when it comes to vegan food. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more plant forward restaurants where maybe meat isn't, you know, there may be omnivores restaurants, but they're not necessarily, um, uh, fully vegan. I think that's going to, and, and maybe they have a lot of vegan dishes, but they still have a little bit because like. I almost feel like some restaurants need that as like a safety. It's like a safety line. It's like, hey, we want to kind of go vegan, but we're not sure if we'll have enough people, so we'll put like chicken on the menu. It'll be one thing, but at least if there's like a meat eater that really, really wants chicken, we'll still get them. So I feel like there's some restaurants that kind of they're not willing to make that full commitment. Um, I think the biggest thing you're going to see is really the explosion, and I think we've all seen it as in the in the, in, re, in retail. So uh, non dairy cheeses, non dairy milks, uh, you know the yogurts. Um, Meat alternatives like plant-based meats. Like I mean, if you've had the Beyond Burger, I've had both the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger, and they're both like unbelievable. Like it's just something that ten years ago, I, you could never imagine. Uh, you could never imagine that they could produce something that's so lifelike. And you know, some people might disagree with that because it, it's like, well, why would they make something that is like something we're not trying to eat? But I think when you th- and you know, we're obviously uh, with like Memphis Meats, they're doing the lab-grown meats. I think you know the future of uh, vegan food is going to be in. It's going to be in these uh, giant, you know, food companies like Tyson Foods getting into the game. Obviously, the whole controversy. Of Daya. Um, you know, ultimately, I think the consumer, who's been, you know, and, and I take zero credit for it, but you know, the people that for the last thirty years have been uh, voting with their wallet and voting with their buying habits. Those are the people that have really made what's happening today happen. It hasn't been anything that like. know we're we're so humbled to be part of the movement but we've literally done nothing we're 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 nothing compared to you know like follow your heart has been around for like 30 years kind of you know beating that drum and some of these companies 40 years so there's these companies that have been around forever doing it forever when it wasn't cool when it wasn't fashionable when the celebrities weren't doing it and I think you know now some of them are you're starting to see the that 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 page turn and you're starting to see that you know the kind of people's consciousness. And, you know, I would imagine that in 20 years, like, you know, vegan plant-based food and vegan food is, you know, it's like a $3.5 billion industry this year and it's growing faster than any, it's growing faster than the meat industry. Which is crazy. Um, so I think that's where you're going to see really the explosion is, um, especially as more people get, you know, lactose intolerant or, you know, there's all these documentaries now. Um, I think that's where you're going to see the biggest growth. Um, but I think, uh, and I think in the food sector, um, you know, companies like us, Veggie Grill, um, you know, you're looking at uh, uh, By Chloe. I know there's obviously lots of controversy there too, but you have all these vegan companies that are becoming a bit more mainstream. And I think that's, that's kind of the future, um, which is not to say, like, you know, we have so much, like, respect to pay to the, the pioneers, the people that were before us, that, like, the only reason we're successful is because of all the work that the people that before us did to make it mainstream enough that we could exist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was people that, uh, you know, slaved away and ground, like, you know, they just grinded for years and years, barely making it. And they kind of paved the way for someone like us to be able to come in and be successful. So we have, like, everything to owe owe to those people. But I think, uh, you know, now it's, like, kind of the future. And I think you're going to see, hopefully, it become mainstream and hopefully in, you know, 50 years. Um, You know, I don't think... I don't think we'll ever get to a point in the next 100, 200 years where people aren't eating animals, but uh, I don't think that that's a in, in, and as much as you know people will disagree with me and say that well we should we should hope for that tomorrow. I think I think realistically you know it's going to take gradual change just like everything else, and you know the the goal for us is just to be part of that change and and help accelerate it um, help accelerate that that switchover um, as fast as we can and so you know. Not only do the animals depend on it, but you know the planet at this point. So so what's
0: in store for Virtuous Pie? I hear
1: you have expansions in the world. Yeah, so super exciting. And so. how will you keep up with that? Uh, well, I won't because I'm, I'm literally working my, my butt off right now. But uh, yeah, we're opening uh, two more locations actually. So uh, one out in Toronto, Canada in uh, 2018, probably around January. And one actually in Vancouver out at the University of British Columbia. So that's going to be opening uh, probably late November So I'm kind of, you know, being pulled in all directions right now. But, uh, and again, the only reason we're able to do that is because we've had such, like, an awesome, um, our community has been so awesome and and they've been so welcoming. So, like, you know, I have to thank everyone that's come to the restaurant. I'm a firm believer that people are our most important resource, like, more than anything else. um, We're never going to be able to do what we're trying to do without people to, A, run the restaurants, but also, B, advocate for what we're doing and also um, advocate in a way that, is welcoming. I mean, you know, the last thing we want is someone to come into our restaurants and, you know, feel maybe they've, they've never been in there and then feel, get defensive because someone at the till, you know, kind of approaches them the wrong way or like. Um, so that's actually been a really challenge. I think for us, the key is just like a really strong culture, really strong um, for me, like, you know a really strong sense of accountability for the team. And I think also a really strong sense of purpose. Like, what are we doing this for? Um, making sure everyone understands from the the day they start, you know, why we're doing this, which is not, you know, it's not to, um, you know, it's for me, especially it's not to like make a name for myself. Like I don't even like the, like, I don't like much attention. I don't, you know, there's no ego with the menu. There's very much about how do we create something that's great for everyone else. But I think at the end of the day, like, um, getting people on board and yeah if you ask anyone that runs any restaurants they will tell you people is the hardest part and I don't think there'll ever be a day where that gets easier but I think for us um creating you know a really great culture and um you know just getting getting our partners the people that work for us excited about what we're doing and really um you know bought into you know the program and it's actually funny because we have a lot of people that aren't vegan or vegetarian that work for us and you know we embrace them with open arms you know a lot of people say oh like how can you hire someone that's you know meatier eater? Well, no, actually, like, we want to show them, um, you know, we have some of our staff that are total omnivores and they've become, they've started to like, you know, eat, 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 more vegan and and practice more you know have more plant-based like food in their diet and like that for us is a win so if we can you know turn people from the inside and turn people from the outside Mm -hmm. I think that's uh you know that's the best way for us to go so If, if there's anyone out there that's like you know doubting um or hesitant about vegan food um to come and try it and uh you know judge for yourself so
0: thank you for joining us on the mystery ingredient our vegan iron chef podcast where we talk about people and food and food and people of the vegan variety You and your friends and fans can listen to it online on SoundCloud. And, of course, you can easy stream it on iTunes. Vegan Iron Chef is a 100% volunteer-run 501c3 nonprofit organization founded in 2010 in Portland, Oregon. Our mission is to celebrate creative culinary achievements, bring attention to food justice issues, and unite the ever-expanding vegan community through events and programming. We want to show cruelty-free cuisine as empowering, inspiring, and exciting. And our podcast lets us share real behind-the-scenes conversations with the people creating, eating, and talking about the food we eat.
1: I never forgot what I say.